now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks for checking out Year Round Carnival, where each and every Monday, Vince Accardi and I break down what happened on for the weekend, the best race in Melbourne and Sydney usually, but wherever there is good racing in Australia. Unfortunately, Vince is just having one more week off, he's definitely back next week, so I need a bit of help. Paul Gardner off the bench, morning mate. Hey, good morning, Rolfie. It's, it's, I'm stepping in big shoes here. Absolutely right. Yeah. Well, actually, small shoes given I'll get you to host, and the host is a very Hey, listen, we're lucky, really, the racing on Saturday, weren't we? That We seemed to miss that hailstorm at Caulfield. Absolutely. And and what we got to see then was some real spring stars, emerging stars, I think, uh, what was under the bonnet, because usually this meeting's on pretty wet ground. And because the rain avoided it, uh, Vince has darted through. The good news is you don't get you don't get Vince, but the good news is, listening, you're getting Vince's data. And, uh, whoa, that home straight was electric. I guess we'll get to those great runs by Uncommon James and, and Mr. Brightside later. But in the first race, the, uh, the, the Jimmy the Bear keeps its winning form going. Well, he does. And this was uh, this race almost turned upside down. Gee, Ma Eustace had a, had a rare poor day. Shows you even the best best stables can have days where nothing worked. And that sort of started with thought of that for two reasons. One, it didn't get going and he didn't finish, obviously. But that also left So Sosi Bon with a very soft lead. Luke Nolan rode the veteran absolutely perfectly, but he just couldn't get away from Jimmy the Bear who let down. Uh, pretty plain data from this race. Chief Elkney, I just think he's a wet tracker. So see again, Midnight Blue actually and Vow and Declare, those, those two stayers, even though they're well beaten, they, they sort of both produce big mid-race squeezes. So I'm sure that'd be uh, good enough for Danny O'Brien on what they intended, which was probably not much first up. And Rolf, it was only a couple of weeks ago that you and Vince were waxing lyrically about Paddy Payne as a trainer, and here he goes again. Uh, his strike race is unbelievable. So don't know how many bullets he's got to fire through the through the spring if he's got good horses to come, or if he just targeted the winter and um, and has just kept on winning races. But uh, yeah, he's a pretty easy easy stable to follow. And in the sixteen hundred meter race, the second race, a bit of a blowout, thirty dollar winner, Barbie's Fox. Well, see, here's, here's the thing: it was fifty one dollars into twenty sixes. So the horse has got some ability, and it had no um, chance of things go its way at Mooney Valley at the start. Prior, it was also spec there, 41s to 31s. It's first stable with Team Hayes. Gee, it had to be forgiving, though. Its first up run was actually pretty good um, when it was only beaten a you know, length and a half, albeit in a slow race. And the thing is, it does have ability on its day. So it seems like, and that was what uh, one of the Hayes boys said post-race, that they, they'd worked it out. Because here's the thing, <laughs> top 10 on the day, uh, length above benchmark, it's pretty much brought its old figure back. I mean, last... Last prep, it ran second in the sale cup. It's always been sort of that borderline, um, you know, pretty handy, handy sort of uh, off-season type horse. So it's absolutely run to its best. So um, I think it can be followed with confidence. You might get a better price with it now they've got it worked out because of that big sort of SP figure. So uh, I think it can win again. The one horse that's just had no luck or race shape in its favour in the past two starts, unusual culture. Uh, first prep for Ma Eustace and um, big mid-race there. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if uh, if it's now ready and maybe a gear change or jockey change and a bit more forward, it could win in a, a, a plain mare's race next start. And in race three, the fierce impact breeder leap. We had the winner, Little Stevie, number five. The thing that caught my eye was the favourite. It last out of the gate and basically stayed there all day. She's all class. Yeah, and that was Mar Eustace again. So, like I said, uh, they they had a bit of a bit of a plain day, and then, well, there were seven runners. There was a half length between a lot of them, and uh, it'd be fair to say that uh, that's a reflection of a pretty basic race. Lane v Car v Williams in the three way finish, but 
as far as the horse are concerned. The reality was both not only she's all class, it's in its first prep for Mario, it's particularly scorched earth. I mean, its best is, oh, it's got, got, got three or four lengths on what it did on Sunday, so I think it would have smashed him if she was right. She, didn't, she was playing first up in Adelaide and she's been pretty plain again, so maybe it's breeding barn days for her. In the next race, we got back to something like a reasonable price, $4.20. Yeah. I am Benny the winner. It was impressive. Yeah, it was. And it sat uh, wide, didn't it? It sat wide for a lot of the race. No, no, it, it was one that uh, ducked through, actually, for, for Benny Mellon. It got off the fence. And then and that's actually probably one thing I should say. It's one of Vince's mantras is the uh, the lanes don't move. So uh, the, with the rail out nine metres, the best ground's always sort of that 12, 12 uh, metres out. So all the winners actually came sort of between three and five horses off the fence. So I dare say it's because of a lot of winter racing at super wide wasn't as advantageous as it sometimes can be. And then uh, and then you didn't want to be hard the fence. So Benny Mellon just did this beautifully. Attractable, it peaked on its run. And they both produced pretty good figures here. So home rule's the one that, you know, you, it was a rock hard fit winter horse, but I think that's its, that's its level. I'm and Benny has showed a, a good bit of ability. Remember we were talking about this in the preview podcast yeah, that, uh Earlier earlier this year, when ran a pretty good uh, figure length, one point one lengths above benchmark. It ran in uh, in South Australia at second start, and here it is one point six lengths. So it's a sprinter on the rise, and like I said, a tractable, good sign of uh, of of uh, a performance there. Tapered a bit late, second up, and I think it's going to peak next start. I uh, tractable. I think we'll be bagging that in the sizzlers. And in the next race, the vein. It was just a really good race, I thought too. With that giga kick went in and uh, just, I think it was a from Simeon and. And uh, obviously, uh, Mullane, it was, a, it was a, I thought it was a terrific finish. Yeah, it was. And and Damien Lane, wow, what a rider this guy is. So I don't think Alpha One runs 1,100 down a well, but he does when it's rated so well. And the apples to apples is that its first 700 metres here, so we're going to get to the Phillies in a sec, it would have been seven lengths on the, off the lead on the home turn in the Phillies race in the next race. That's, that's how slow he was going on a leader, but just cruising because he knew that you know, he didn't want to overdo it. So he uh, he just peaked late, and that's because Giga Kick brought out an explosive uh, closing uh, effort. Best last 800, 600, 400, and 200 of the day. Uh, what's the raw figure there? 21-2. He's ran his last 400 in 43-3, his last 800. So that's really explosive. And on Vince's figures, you really see a plus 10. And so that means even off a slow tempo, if you see a plus 10, that's, that's pretty significant. Well, he's gone plus 11. Last four hundred, so this is a this is a really big close and exciting horse. And Ditto Mullane's actually ran plus ten last four hundred as well. So again, off no work, um, but to be able to sprint like that's a good sign. Uh, he wasn't obviously as good overall, but I think uh, he's won his first start up a straight Mullane. So I wouldn't be surprised if Moods goes back to uh, back to Fleming with him. So Giga Kick and Mullane going forward, yes. And I think Alpha won back to 1,000 at Mooney Valley. Uh, it would just be too fast for him. But uh, really well-rated run by uh, Damien Lane. And I'll tell you what, the trainer looked pretty happy after the race too. Clayton Douglas, he was uh, very excited about the win. Yeah, I think I read that, that was his first stakes winner. So why first wouldn't he be? Winner. So good, good stuff there. He's got a good horse. And then the Quisette stakes, the next one, bound for home. It was a, it was a $34 winner again. So it's another winner to Archie Alexander, who I always back except for Saturday. Oh. <laughs> well, oh, God bless it. I ended up throwing you the quaddy. And um, and you couldn't knock it uh, per se. You couldn't expect the performance it did, though. But it was a blistering time race uh, set up by Bistro from that Mooney Valley form. So it's it went fast in Mooney Valley, but on a slow track. Well, here it's gone fast on a fast track. It had to puncture, but what we got to see was what was under the bonnet from these first two, and really the theme 
uh, of this podcast over the past, you know, what, nine months or whatever, is the two-year-olds have really not really produced much so far. So it was going to be an emerging type. And what we got to see was on a fast track, what Bound for Home and OJ can do as well. So it's run a super race. Um, OJ first up. Its whole prep last time in was on wet ground uh, and was going to see this a lot with these uh, horses that raced, raced in Sydney. Well, this time she's ran the best last thousand a day, but Bound for Home, beautiful ride by Declan Bates. It was stuck inside there on uh, Bound for Home and then got to those best lanes, but 2.2 lengths above benchmark second of the day. Gee, I've been working with Vince for a while. You rarely see this from an early season uh, three-year-old filly, uh, particularly in Melbourne. I think reckon Libertini was the last in, in that sort of sphere to do it in August, and that was that was in Sydney on a rock hard deck. So, this is really good signs for these two horses, Bound for Home and OJ. Uh, there was some unlucky runners there and um, in the run, but uh, I'd just rather focus on what the what they did do rather than what they might have done. Well, on Vince's IVR, they were second and third best of the day, weren't they? That's right. So it's always a that's a huge sign for a three wheel filly. You rarely see it. And the next one, of course, race seven, the Roller Stakes, and we had a. Uncommon James. Now this this is a this is a horse. <laughs> this this is a proper horse. Absolutely, it is. Uh, I might just bring up what what Vince said about it pre race, uh, just uh, on his race speed profiles, and you can get them via daily sectionals, of course. So uh, pre race, I, I was keen to have it one out in the quaddy. Um, he's he's a high confidence level. Uh, he said post a career PB at his latest start, dooming over eleven hundred point eight length above. IVR benchmarks. Keep that in mind, 0.8. He travelled at 2.6 lengths below IVR benchmark through the first section for a narrow 1.3 length mid-race squeeze, then reeled off a combined 2.5 lengths above benchmark close. The data indicating is a little more to give. He's won his past four on end, but we yet to put a ceiling on him. His step up to 1,200 looks in his favour. He warrants a tonne of respect. Well, uh, he's gone from 0.8 and then uh, here, here, Best of the day, just an explosion, uh, 3.4 lengths above benchmark. I think we've got a rising star here. Uh, and the market wanted to tell you that too, Paul. If well, um, $1.80, yeah, didn't, didn't miss it. Well, the thing was, race morning, I think it was about two twenty, And um, in that circumstance, personally, you know, if you're on a horse having its first start at Caulfield, I wanted to see that. You know, I wanted to see that avalanche that he was really going to do what he did, and he, he was absolutely fantastic. So 3.4 lengths above benchmark, typically the best, that's, that's within about a length of the best Melbourne spring sprinters uh, in the, I'll say in this Everest era because you know in the obviously the uh, the best uh, runners go to the, go to Sydney for the Everest you really want to have a uh, plus six sort of to be have a deal of confidence about you so he's got to still find if they're going up there but if he stays here I don't know who, who's going to beat him I mean that was just a such a, such a dynamic performance so I think I think that that was more than sound um actually I had a couple of listener questions here so I'm just going to uh hang this I've, got, I've got a, I've got a questions I'll yeah. what, what happened to Lombardo well, that, it's actually Darren asked the same thing. Uh, keen to hear the assessment of Lombardo's flat run. The jockey uh, said found nothing, and I think that you just got to take that on board that it was just the animal just wasn't right in the day. There was nothing in the in the data that said he should have blown up like he did. So he clearly wasn't right. Um, it was expected that he was going to improve off that run, but uh, that, that was pretty hard to say. He's also added uh, Darren's added uh, Scolopini failed to run up to last start when uh, excellent versus King of Sparta. So and. I think what what you have to take take into account there. Um, oh, sorry, we'll get to that run. We'll get to that run next. So I'll just round that off. He was fantastic, Uncommon James, and uh, a couple didn't really turn up. Although I think uh, both open minded and particularly Cinnawan, they'll be better at fourteen hundred. That's their profile, and uh, wouldn't be dropping off Cinnawan for sure. The main race of the day, the Lawrence Stakes, a terrific finish again, and Mr. Brightside. It's a pretty handy horse too. 
I thought I was really impressed with the second horse as well. I am Superman. Yeah, spot on. I would have been more impressed if it got there for the quaddy. <laughs> so, <laughs> can't beat self-interest, Paul. So, uh, Mr. Brightside, when he finished his last prep, he won the Doncaster. Vince had him at uh, 4.1 length above benchmark when he won the Doncaster. Of course, that was on very wet ground when he uh, when he ran um, ran close up in that uh, blanket finish Cantala, 2.8 lengths above benchmark. And the thing is, he's a winner. So, I didn't... You know, I couldn't be overly keen on him Sunday. I'm Superman, I thought, was uh, going to get that perfect setup there with good residual fitness r- racing through the winter. Winter, But he's a winner, and so is the uh, the jockey goes right on, uh, on winners as well too, doesn't yeah. he, Craig yeah, Williams? Yeah, yeah. So he just gave it absolutely every chance, and, and that was probably in the end a difference between, between winning and losing. He's only going to elevate from that going forward. I'll just see what Vince wrote in his race speed profiles. He had a career PB at the end of his most recent prep, went fourth up at a mile, posting 4.1 length above IVR benchmark at Randwick, ranked second best of the day. First up last prep, he posted 0.9 length above benchmark at Fleming and travelling 3.8 lengths below benchmark through the first section for a 7.6 length mid-race squeeze. So I'll round that off there. That, that, that was his squeeze uh, first up last time. And here his squeeze is 6.5 lengths. So pretty similar. Uh, overall, his figure's better, 1.4 lengths. So he's just in that rare category of an older horse who just keeps improving with racing. So he's produced his best first up run, clearly, and uh, he's obviously just going to have upside to come. I am Superman, as you said. He, he smashed the line, seven length above benchmark last 400, which was pretty much in line with what was a good performance on the day because, the, uh, as I mentioned, that, that track was just so fast. The ones that were stiff, what about Buffalo River? Like, beautiful front-running ride, just peaked. Race morning, or particularly on Friday, you thought, well, we're going to be dealing with a wet track. <laughs> He's a duck, as we saw Caulfield Cup Day. If they hadn't got the rain, I don't think he could have possibly been beaten given his performance, but on the dry ground, just uh, just found out late. Danny O'Brien would have been delighted with Regal Power. And as I mentioned there, da- uh, Darren said about Scolopini, um, the question there. My, my thing is with Scolopini, and as always, we're, we're outside the stable, but look at the data here. First up in April, and this is an eight-year-old, or he's now eight, 2.3 length above benchmark, uh, just beaten by the real good horse, Counter Rupee, who was narrowly beaten in a Golden Eagle. So that told her that he turned up really fit first up. So energy in, energy out. He can't sustain that forever. And I reckon by now uh, that was was at his fifth run for the prep and he started it so fit and back in April with uh, interstate travel as a veteran. That, that probably just meant that uh, he's now uh, he's now into prep. Um, Uncle Bryn was okay too, way out of his uh, class. I, I saw a comment by, I think it was the trainer, who said that he, um, he'd like to see if Mr. Brightside can get the 2,000 in brackets, Cox Plate. Could he get the distance? We can't say he won't. That's the thing. So particularly as a, as a rising sort of horse, and he's got such tenacity. So as I said, he um, given that he finished his spring prep with a, with a PB, then finished his autumn prep with a PB, and he's resumed with a PB first up. He just keeps climbing, and, and really he's only runs at that mile with a – I think was the uh, the, the All Star Mile, and then those those uh, the Cantala. Let me just open up the his profile. There was the yeah. The, so he went All Star Mile, the blamey All Star Mile, and, and Doncaster, and then last prep he he won it uh, won it uh, was that five in a row at the mile. So there's nothing to say that he can't run two thousand. They just haven't tried him yet. But whether he can do it at a Cox Plate level... That's yeah, a tough 2,000 race. Well, that's what, that probably is the other clarity. <laughs> I reckon he'd probably have to find another five legs uh, to, to be at a typical Cox Plate year. You know, you probably need your plus seven, plus eight on the on the down, on the the down low side. So that means he has to keep finding and do it at a longer trip. Um, so without uh, without channeling Vince, I'd say that's, uh, that's pretty much the, uh, the uh, challenge for him, which is considerable. 
And then the last race, another 1,400-meter race, of course, we had uh, Annabelle Meacham and Jamie Carr team up for Military Expert. Yeah, this was a fun watch, um, particularly, you know, the negative of the outside barrier and after 200 metres, where was she? Just outside the load zone. <laughs> it was the positive of the outside barrier. It's one of the great myths in racing, of course. Uh, she's no she's no myth. She's just a star. She's really, uh, she just, just gives him every chance. I noticed Vince had him had him on top uh, as well, military expert on his race speed profiles. Uh, that, that primarily, last prep, first up, he, um, he, was, he was a bit plain, but it was on uh, a... a, a leader bias uh rosehill track and we'll get to a leader bias rosehill track shortly but then he's uh he's he progressed from there he was he was good second up at rosehill he uh he was narrowly beaten in a canberra listed race at uh at a pretty good level so he's got the job done you'd think he's only going to improve again as a lightly race stallion there and and um 0.8 length below benchmark not not dynamic time but reflective of the day that that was fine uh el rocco you know he's probably best on a wet ground. Pesquero, good sign of uh, a return to form after a second up buy when he had bet fairitis and uh, didn't have much luck in the straight. Lucky decision probably peaked in his run as well. They're probably the two, uh, along with the winner going forward, that uh, they could find a race. Well, I know the owners of Pesquero; they were very disappointed in the run. Were they? All right, yeah, so very disappointed. I think. It, uh, it would be maybe a blinker chunk, maybe blinkers, and and going forward because that's what he did first at prep, didn't he? When he won those two races yeah. and then got placed at uh, stake level. Well, we'll see. Now, moving to Rose Hill, uh, Vince's at the, at the beginning of the day, there wasn't one thing above m- uh, medium confidence, <laughs> not one race. Yeah, and fair enough too. So, uh, look, I, I don't invest myself in Sydney racing, so even even with Vince's data, I'm not going to uh, uh, do um, go go overly deep in, into what was produced. But the, the two highlights of the day from an IVR perspective, then I'll, well, I'll speak to him and we'll post our sizzlers. Um, best of the day was, uh, was Surefire in race oh, yeah. six. This yeah. was a win, Paul. It was a, it was a great win, fantastic win. So yeah, the um, titanium power was well back because the the track was obviously playing so leader biased. If you're watching it, it was a it was a bit of a sad watch with the uh, where was the rail? The rail was at uh, at seven meters. Is that right? Yeah, at seven meters, and uh, and all, all the winners were in that sort of two to three lanes off off the fence, and it was really tricky. Well, the pace was on in uh, in in Surefire's uh, race and kept building, which was. Uh, reflective of the track as well. It got it got faster in the straight, but he's he's produced a real sustained run here first up. The market told you he was going to come to play, and there's only his second prep with Chris Waller, and he was big in his first run, first prep for him last time, over 2,000. So he's he's re- come again, and one point, uh, two links above benchmark, uh, That uh, that's a great sign that he's in for a big prep, and uh, he resumed with blinkers off. So everything smacks that, uh, that Chris has got him spot on. And then, um, the second best of the day was Shades of Rose in the last race. It was a treble to McDonald, and it was, it was another impressive winner. Short price, but yeah, it's on fire. Sec- second best of the day, and the the one I'm, I'm sort of uh, I'm interested in maybe like a tip on the Swanee and Friends podcast, <laughs> of course. But uh, but also we we gave this a big stamp in um in uh, in Sizzler Zuccarino. It, now it won on bottomless ground at, at Kenzo, but gee, won well first up, and that was actually the only midweeker we put in our Sizzlers, and and really. Uh, and Vince's race speed profiles, he, he summed up the uh, the Rosebud um, giving giving the uh, I suppose the upside query stamp to both. And I'll, I'll just I'll just quote it exactly. He said uh, both Spacework and Zuccarino have showed glimpses in their short career to date on genuinely wet surfaces. They possess above average ability. We had to stamp that in firmer conditions. Both runners could easily elevate sharply on clean ground. Strong push from the parade will elevate either runners' chances significantly. This will be a common theme with last season's two-year-olds after the wet conditions that hampered the autumn carnival. So 
Uh, not only did they both run well, they've got more to come. Spacewalk, I think, threw it away late with a bit of greenness, and that, that was well-backed as well. So I think both those horses are on the upside. Their, their, their figure was sound and, uh, and, and you know, a, a sort of more-to-come figure, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be including both those in the, in the sizzles. There was a bit there in the data that said that there should be good elevation from both, and particularly the winner, actually. So even though the... Uh, the runner-up threw it the right way. The uh, the uh, winner suffered more of a mid-race uh, slowdown there. So it'll be very interesting going forward. But uh, the great man's back next week, uh, Paul, so uh, <laughs> we'll make it easier on, on both of us. Well, looking forward to that and looking forward to the, the horses continue on as I move towards spring. Absolutely. Some good quality there. So really want to thank our members. Uh, you can become a member via us. We don't have any corporate bookmaker advertising, and each week our members get best of the day sent to them and other little discounts along the way, as well as Sizzlers, our black book product that we're really proud of. And uh, the thing with Sizzlers is that every Sunday, uh, Monday at the latest, you get an IVR report of that, what actually happens. So what we talk about, it's your best accompaniment there, and you can get that via my website, racetrackralphie.com.au. All of Vince work via dailysectionals.com.au, including his Saturday morning race speed profiles.